a lot of people think this is a podcast about wrestling. And if you believe that and you've avoided this podcast or you're expecting to hear about wrestling and that's why you're listening to this podcast, I have to tell you something. This episode will prove one thing. This podcast is about uh, human experience and this podcast is about some of the most insane human experiences, not that I've just had, but just in general. And I'm so glad to have you all on this ride. I'm so glad you're here listening. And I hope you understand that even if you're not a fan of wrestling, uh, that usually doesn't really come into play here. So you don't have anything to worry about. You get to hear about adventure. And Peter, we skipped a week last week because I had to leave on Tuesday. But boy, was there some adventure to be had along the way uh, since we've last been together. Indeed. I won't beat around the bush. I just read a few tweets uh, from people that were, namely Allie and Billy Dixon, that were concerned about the new Effie. Now, do you 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 know about the new Effie? I've known about the new. I predicted the new Effie. You did. You did predict the new Effie, and you said something to me that pissed me off. It pissed me off. I didn't tell you it pissed me off. <coughs> Peter, you said things should uh, get a little clearer by your birthday which is June 7th. We're coming up on that pretty quick. And now that I am fully looking, you were 100% correct, but you were telling me this in February, and I was going, no, the hard times are over. The hard times are done, Peter. There are no more hard times ahead. It's cleared up now. Well, I was wrong because, and I don't, I don't want to be woe is me here. That's not the point, all right? Because if you look professionally at what I've been accomplishing, it is incredible. I'm proud of myself. I hope other people are enjoying how much incredible stuff I've gotten to do as Effie in the world of pro wrestling, outside the world of pro wrestling. We're going to get to all that this week. If you've ever had someone explain to you the highs and lows of their week, the highs and the lows uh, couldn't be any higher or any lower. I will frame it this way. I was asked at Trader Joe's the other day, how was your day? This was on Mother's Day. So I had just gotten home from England. And I'm jumping ahead, but it's to make a bigger point. And usually I would play along with a social game where you say, doing great. How's your day? And they go, great. And I go, yeah, it's been a pretty interesting week. And the fella said, how so? And I said, well, Friday I hosted the only international LGBTQ highlighted wrestling show that I think has ever happened by an international host. I'm not saying it's the only Pride show or gay show that's ever happened. Uh, and then Sunday, the cartoon I'm in, which was not renewed at Netflix, won a GLAAD award over a lot of cartoons. And tomorrow, I have to go be uh, sentenced by the state of Georgia for possession of edibles. So the new Effie you're getting here, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to dance around it. I'm going to tell you the facts because this is what we're dealing with in the state of Georgia. And we're going to see what we can do about it, but it doesn't seem like much right now. And maybe there's a blessing in that because I have been a an avid pot smoker since I was 16 with a small break in between. Uh, so maybe we see how this looks. But the fact is the fact I uh, was found guilty of possessing cannabis. It will be expunged from my record if I can follow the rules. But I am on, and I'm not making this up, 15 years probation currently with an option at year three to have a good behavior discharge and full expunging of my record. Because of this, I will be meeting with probation officers monthly. I will be uh, accumulating many travel passes because I explained to the judge, and there's no cute way to explain to a South Georgia judge, hey, um, I'm a big gay wrestler, and I need to go to all these countries, and this is really not going to work for me. Which, we framed it a little different than I would have, I can still travel globally. Thank, oh, good. Thank goodness. I can still travel interstate. Thank goodness. But I do have to tell someone where I'm going, which if you've ever met me in person, I don't like anyone telling me anything or me having to tell anyone what I'm doing. Uh, that was one thing AJ was right about yesterday. We're good. But he had some points to make that I think I needed to hear. I have had, uh, if you listen to the Patreon minisode, like I said, I cried a lot this week. Some of it was from movies, but I think that was also me finding a good outlet. Sometimes I like to say that like when when straight men hit on gay men or make comments, that they're sort of letting the steam out of a of a 
pot that could possibly boil over. And I don't mind being a little steam let. I don't mind being a little, you can let a little thing out of your system. Uh, but I think I was putting on these films so that it would pop that hole in the side and let some of the steam out because I've been dealing with this for a year and a half. It has emotionally been very difficult to not know what's going to go on, to not know what's going to happen, to not know if I'm going to have travel taken from me, to not know if at you know a high point in my career uh, I'm going to be grounded. And they'll look back and go like, who knows what could have happened if he'd kept on the path and wasn't stuck in Georgia. But fortunately, I had a fantastic lawyer who took care of everything. Now, she was fucking expensive as shit. I'm about 10 grand in the hole right now. And I'm looking at the legalities of what I'm about to do. But hopefully, y'all won't make a big deal out of it when a cute picture of my face shows up on a t-shirt, which I showed Peter earlier. I'm not even going to mention what the picture is, and you're going to figure it out. I've been waiting to get this picture. My lawyer got the picture. What do you think about the picture as far as I the ones you've seen? the picture. The high resolution. It is... Yeah. So much better than the little PDF mm -hmm. I got. Mm -hmm. uh, hold up. I just got a weird text that I have to look at. That's insane. I just saw the new AEW television deal, which is now going to include streaming rights on Max, formerly known as HBO Max, uh, yeah. which is likely that their pay-per-views will be going to that Max model, which is insane and competitive with the WWE, who's going to be having theirs on Peacock continually. That's like, this is huge. Pro wrestling's back, baby. Shit. Do we need to cut that? No, 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 no. It's, okay. it's, I mean, it's publicly announced now. Sorry, oh, okay. I just, I was distracted by it and I saw it. Um, uh, back to the steam pot, right? I had to get some steam out. And, you know, I don't, I'm not going to break the rules this time, okay? Which sounds crazy for me because all I do is hear a rule and figure out how I can break it and also make a point to be a little bit of a, a brat about it. You know what I mean? Not to harm people, but just sort of be like, oh, that's your rule? Why is it there? I'm going to break it. What are you going to do? Now I have rules, okay? I have masters, okay? ACAB means all cops are bussy fans <laughs> because they want to... Yeah, I took my nail polish off. It's... I'm mushing my brain up a little bit. I'm going to go back to Tuesday. Now, Tuesday, I texted you, Peter. And I said, what the fuck is going on with the energies of the universe? And this was after I had uh, flown to Newark, New Jersey, and gotten a room at the worst hotel I've ever stayed at in my whole life, a Motel 6 there, which was very cheap, obviously. And then had to climb a fence into the Crown Plaza parking lot to get my food from Uber Eats. And I was like, Peter, something's going on out here. And you said... It seems like what you're saying is uh, pretty in line with what's going on. I don't. I'm not going to get deeper into it, and I don't even remember the exact context. I believe it was Uranus. Uranus, yeah. and you know, people know that I like to keep Uranus clean, but this was a messy Uranus. It tends to be messy. It is so messy. It was rowdy, and this was the beginning of a trip. You know, it's uh, also the planet we use for gay men, or traditionally, it has been used for that. You're telling me gay men use Uranus? Mm -hmm. Wow. This is incredible and so childish of me. And I'm sorry pot is going to ruin my sense of humor by not being a part of my life anymore. I blame marijuana for why I'm not funny anymore because I can't smoke it to get funny and have silly perspectives on things. All right? I sometimes get very worked up and marijuana has helped me work down a little bit. Medicinally, that's something it's used for. I'm not going to have any turn down now. Okay, so we are now entering the summer of no chill Effie. There is no chill. There is no uh, dulling of the blade. This blade is extremely sharp. And I'm remembering when I used to wrestle, when I started wrestling the first three years, I was not smoking any marijuana at all. I was a fucking psychopath. I was crazy, and I'm about to re-enter that. But also, it keeps my creative juices flowing so heavily. I've had a real benefit to... Uh, having people understand what Effie is, but in those infancy years when people did not understand what Effie was and I was just a loud, wild gay man who was showing up at every goddamn wrestling show, uh, I had to be more outward and more forward in uh, showing people what Effie is. And now I get a, a new chance to come in unhinged and show people. Some people are like, oh, Effie, he has a gay gimmick. Let me be clear. You've never seen Effie if you think it's just a gay gimmick. My gimmick is that of someone who is here to fuck and fold and knife every part of society that you are comfortable with. 
This version of Effie is about to stick knives everywhere. You know why I cut that promo on Gabe? Because I hadn't smoked weed yet. It had been about a day and a half, and I got home, and I was so sick of hearing about this motherfucker talk about me like I'm great when he had just shit on me for every part of my career that he could find. And once I smoked weed, I put that promo out, and then I smoked weed, and I went, nah, it's probably a little too harsh. So just know that part of me is turned off. I do not second-guess myself. I speak with a blade, and I am entering an era where somebody has to be the fucking Celine Dion. And I don't think Celine Dion smoked weed. So if I'm going to follow in her footsteps, then, uh, you know, my heart's going to go on without cannabis in it. And it's going to be a fucking nightmare for some of you. And it's going to be the craziest effie you've ever seen for some of you. And for others, maybe you won't notice a difference. But that could be because you don't have your senses. Because anyone who's taking me in over the next few months needs to be prepared. It's going to be exciting. Uh, I got to England Wednesday morning. Well, no, I didn't get there Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning, I left for England. Uh, thank God, number one, for Dark Chic. Now, you know, Allie was over in England too. That's great. I love it. We get along. We're close friends. But me and Dark Chic are of another world. And to have her to lean on during this trip was fantastic. Now, it is a little frustrating. And I've got to ask England, you know, if we can figure out maybe shortening the ocean. Maybe we can move you closer to New Jersey. Um, because traveling two days each way, basically for one single show, it's not easy. Now, could I have stayed longer in England? Yes. If I had not been pulled over a year and a half ago with a fucking Jedi braid, Peter, to which, which the cop, you know, had to just be thinking, is he drugs? Do I arrest him for possessing himself? But he had to know there was something going on when the blonde-haired, mustached man with a Jedi braid was being pulled over for speeding in his state champ's hoodie. And number two, that fucking hoodie is out the door. That's the only hoodie I've ever been detained by police in, and it's happened twice. So sorry, state champs. Big fan. Love it. Very emotional. Go fuck yourself. Because every time I wear your hoodie, I end up in jail. Okay? It's not cool. It's not cute. I'm not into it. How are you feeling so far, Peter? How did you get rid of it? I, I threw it in the trash. Okay. Is that... I was just curious. I didn't want anyone else to wear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want anyone else to yeah. ever be near it. I don't want anyone else to be cursed by this hoodie that was given to me free of charge and was, I guess, uh, met by a magi or a witch in the woods and they cursed it. That's the only thing I can explain as to why the only two times in my entire life uh, where I've been detained by the police, I've been wearing this hoodie. Sorry, state champs, but you're not booked for Warp Tour, motherfucker. Nobody is. Warp Tour's canceled. Sorry. That's the facts. I got to England Wednesday night, and we were not going to go to Liverpool until the next day, so I landed with Dark Chic. Uh, we were smoking cigarettes and yelled out at Heathrow. Uh, because we were not supposed to be smoking cigarettes there. But it was lovely because we made a lot of friends because we had a lighter and people were getting off the plane. And so they were coming up and asking for the lighter to light their own cigarettes. So we got to meet a lot of fun people. We went over to my favorite cigarettes hotel. Cigarettes really bring people together. They do. And the and the the tools needed for a cigarette aren't just a cigarette. You've got to have that too. And let me tell you about uh, most people. Most people don't go to the airport that often. Most people don't know that TSA uh, people... Let's just say this. If you've, if you've graduated from after eighth grade, they're not hiring you at the TSA. And so what I'm trying to say is you can sneak anything through TSA you want. I even asked one of the guys, and I shouldn't speak at all in these situations. This goes back to me wanting to poke at things that aren't right. Um, I, said, I said to the TSA agent, how bored are these dogs? They've never caught a single criminal. And he just looked at me. But really, how bored are these dogs? They've never caught a single criminal. You know, you're making this dog walk back and forth and sniff people, and it's just looking up at the guy like, dude, what do you think they're bringing in here? Like, what do you think? And if you're thinking to yourself, what if the dog smells my weed? What if the dog smells my cocaine? What if the dog smells my ecstasy? What if the dog smells my lighter fluid? They're not trained on that. They're trained to smell explosives. That's it. That's the only thing. Peter, are you familiar with uh, the explosives that were found by the TSA? No. Well, one time they found a guy who had pieces of a bomb, and they were like, you're bringing a bomb in the airport. And he was like, yeah, but I'm not blowing it up in the airport. I'm trying to get this somewhere so I can kill some other people. And they were like, well, still. And they look at that as a success, but let's be clear. Is that real? That's real. That's, that's an actual, crazy. that's a real thing. And it's the only instance where the TSA has 
ever found anyone doing anything incorrect. It's not the only time they have inconvenienced people. And I guess what I'm saying here too is uh, no weed Effie, no chill Effie. Guess what? He doesn't like the TSA again. Uh, Friendship with the TSA ended. My new friend is just the dogs who work at the TSA who are bored. That's the only friend I have in this world at the airport. Well, no, there's other people there too. This is going to be chaos, Peter. This is going to be chaos. We got to the hotel, the Ibis. Ibis? I called it the Ibis and the taxi driver made fun of me. It's actually called an Ibis. Do you know what they call them in Australia, Peter? Bin chickens. (laughs) Ah, look at the bin chickens. What are they up to? You'll be like, that's a beautiful tropical bird. And they're like, it's a fucking bin chicken. Get it out of here. It's disgusting. You know, don't go walk up to the fucking bin chickens. They're gross. Uh, but you can't call a hotel bin chicken hotel because that's just you could. I guess you could go down and eat at the bin chicken. Here's what I want to say about hotels in the UK. It is hilarious. They booked the hotel under someone else's name because they thought that's who was picking me up to go to the uh, hotel, but they did not make it. And so I got there and I was like trying to explain it. And I was also texting people like, are they going to let me in? They did not even ask for an ID and told me to just they didn't care when I told them, like, it's not under my name, but it's under this name, but it's for me, and it's, like, my agent, and they were just like, we don't care. It's very refreshing how little they care, uh, and I guess their thing is, like, why do we – we don't need to see your ID to come here. You wouldn't come here unless you were supposed to be here, and you know the name on the reservation, so who cares if it's you or not? Come on in. We did spend our first evening uh, – in. Dark Sheik had not been to the UK since, I believe, 2011 or 12. So it had been about a decade since Dark Sheik had wrestled in the UK. And I said, let's celebrate by having the national dish of the UK, which is chicken tikka masala. This is true. Uh, And people in the UK are like, of course it's true. We love chicken tikka. Well, here's the fact. I think that we have to start uh, being nicer to people Uh, from other countries if our national dish is chicken tikka masala because the reason it's your national dish is because you're colonialist fucks from the past who have conquered lands across the nation and this isn't a a slight to british people british people are absolutely lovely this is a slight to your ancestors and the people who created you they were dumb as fuck and speaking of dumb as fuck the last time i went to england uh the queen died all right Was I hopeful it would be the same situation a week after Charles' coronation? Legally, of course not. But I did tell that motherfucker he got about a week. I tweeted that picture of me with the blood next to the carriage Mm -hmm. and him kind of looking to the side. And I was like, I hope they let me through customs. Once again, like the hotels, they'll let you through customs. I have never, not once in my whole life, Canada, UK, Japan, Australia, had my bag opened at a border. That's some privilege. I get it. But also... America seems to be about the most harsh people when it comes to border laws, visa laws, all these things like that. We had our chicken tikka masala, uh, and then we went upstairs to watch TV. Now, Peter, did you see my tweet about we're over here in the UK and they just got dongs on TV? Yes. Well, (laughs) we turn on the TV, and the first channel is actually about a father and daughter, and we're like, their reality TV is so nice. And he was trying to teach her camping skills, and she had been a little too urban her whole life, and she wanted to learn a little more, and they were facing difficulties trying to camp and live out in the wilderness, and it was very heartwarming, and it's not the reality TV we're used to. And then I changed the channel, one channel, to channel four, uh, and there was just dicks, because there's this show over there called Naked Attraction. And the concept of Naked Attraction is this. There are six people on a stage, and they are shown uh, from their pubes down. Okay? That's all you can see. Their pubes down. So you just there's just dicks there. And someone comes out, and they have to then pick a person that is going to get chopped. And then they reveal more of the body. So by the end, you have two to three people that are completely revealed, faces and all, on TV, in the fucking nude. And then the person picks uh, the person they want to have a date with, and then they have to get naked and come out on the stage. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, are they polite about it? No, not at all. At one point, uh, she goes, what's your favorite part of your body? And he goes, (laughs) he immediately pulls his dick up and he goes, my whitey bowls. And then they zoom all the way in on this man's nutsack and Then the the host, I was like, maybe she's going to misdirect. And she goes, 
all right, well, Shannon, how do you feel about his penis? And she goes, doesn't look weird. And that was the compliment that she gave. And to see, I want to say this, you know, in America, we've got this real thing where, you know, and I I understand it's of a religious belief that is not American, but it is something that's pervasive here still to this day. Um, you know, we, we chop the tip off, so to speak. We, mm-hmm. we pull down the, uh, we pull down the, the, the turtleneck sweater and trim that. So it looks like a crew neck and over there they don't. And I just want to say this cocks with foreskin looks so much politer as if they're trying to cover up with a sweater or as if it's like a bean pot on a tree. And it was refreshing to see that it wasn't like they had, it wasn't like American porn where they're like. You got to have a huge dick. These were just like a bunch of regular dicks. The girls were real interested and ready to go. It was very heartwarming. But I have to tell you, if I'm 20 years old and I'm fully nude on the British broadcasting TV of the country where I live, where everyone on basic cable can see it, um, I'm going to need some money. And I don't think these people were paid all that much money to do it. And also in America, for all the freedoms we have, y'all are some fucking prudes because there's no way children aren't seeing this. And guess what? The kids are fine over there, okay? Now, do they say cunt a lot more than we say in America? Yeah, they do. So maybe that's part of it. But it doesn't seem like, uh, it doesn't seem like unless you make a big deal out of something being sexual, that it's actually that sexual. It was insane. I'm glad I've just talked about this where nothing has happened, but it was jarring to the point where we watched it for a while, and then we kind of looked at each other and we were like, I can't, this is weird, and we ended up just going to sleep. The next day, we were picked up to go to Liverpool. We made it to Liverpool uh, by the evening, went and stayed at uh, the promoter's apartment, which was great, met up with some people, and enjoyed ourselves a, a fine little smoke, and that was the last one I'll ever have, so sadly... You know, it's it's a memory of my past, but what a time it was. We did meet up with some people there because it was uh Wednesday or it was Thursday night at that point, and Friday was the show, but we had a little time here, so we ended up going out on the town in Liverpool during Eurovision. You know about Eurovision, Peter? Yes. Now, is it wise to run a gay wrestling show during Eurovision? Yes and no. Yes, and that there's just and if you're ever playing the game gay or European, literally impossible during your Eurovision because they're more European and more gay than ever. And it makes me go like, I don't think we can ever play this game again because it's the same fucking thing. You're wearing capris and smoking cigarettes and eating crepes. That's both gay and European. And I don't need to know which one it is uh, because I'm not trying to pursue anything further. I don't want to be more gay or more European. I'm as far uh, gay and European as I'm ever going to get. That's how I feel. Uh, It was beautiful, but also the town was flooded with people. And when you're trying to run a show, it makes it difficult for housing. Luckily, they had an apartment we could stay at. Uh, But it is not, uh, not really the best situation for bringing a bunch of people in. And on top of that, first I'll say solidarity to the rail workers. There was a rail strike, so none of the trains were coming to Liverpool. We had at least five people who could not make it to the show because the trains were on strike, and so you couldn't get up to Liverpool. So we have Eurovision, a train strike, and me trying to run the first international LGBTQ show uh, all at the same time. We had a lovely time out on the town. I ended up getting some rest, and the next day, it was showtime. Now, here's something that sounds weird. I didn't know some of the people who were on my show. I was pointed to them by people on the ground in the UK, I approved of them being on the show, uh, but I hadn't met them or seen them before, which is rare for me to be entering a show with people who I've like never met who are going to be on the show. I want to say this. The UK talent are positively killing it, and their scene was depleted by a few things. One, by abusive motherfuckers, especially people who are abusive to their own students, especially people who are abusive to the female students, and especially people who were unkind in the way they were booking or choosing not to book uh, LGBTQ talents. I think the scene now is going to flourish. Oh, yeah, that thunder is going to flourish even more so. Uh, But it was so awesome to get to put my name on something that had so many people who have been busting their ass and showing their work. And they finally, 
get to see themselves in the light that they actually see themselves in versus being booked as a sideshow act or something silly or well the 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 story of the match is you want to suck his dick right because he's you know but he's going to beat you up every time you try i'm describing probably an effie match but not everyone is effie and that's why this works that's why these things work and the new effie ain't gonna try to suck no dick so blake christian this saturday is it saturday this saturday in detroit i'm gonna beat your ass Oh, God, I feel so bad for the people that have to wrestle me. Allie goes, are you going to be more like Randy Orton now? And I go, what do you mean, Allie? And she goes, you know, you black out in the ring. That's not you in the ring. Like the you I'm talking to and giving a Diet Coke to and being sweet with is not the you that's actually in the ring. And I think I've learned to dampen that somewhat. But it's not damp anymore. And uh, it's very dry. And it's cracking and brittle. And it's coming at you. So, yes, Blake Christian, I just want to say this. I think it's awesome that, you know, Tony Khan's booking you, Ring of Honor's booking you, all of these things. But you're a cocky little fuck. And the last time, the last time we faced each other, oh, what happened, Blake Christian? Top prospect. Wants to be a number one contender to the championship. Wants to win every match. I fucking beat you. Goofy-ass Effie beat you in the match, you silly motherfucker. So just prepare for an Effie that's actually less stoned than the last time we wrestled, being fully capable and ready to move out of the way of your dumb fucking flips. Sit down, young man. You're going to be humbled in Detroit, Michigan. All right, enough of that. The show itself was spectacular. And here's one thing that's fantastic. We had the Rainbow Rumble with 21 entrants because Perro couldn't mind his fucking business. Uh, we had four other matches. This is a five-match card that still went two and a half hours. And everyone had plenty of time to do what they wanted to do. We had World of Sports superstar Kendo Nagasaki, who rarely makes public appearances, who was there in a new Kendo Nagasaki mask that is a rainbow Kendo Nagasaki mask. Now, he also did invite me to his 58-room mansion, which, you know, I don't know what the intentions are, but I hope they're to cut my ass and tell me I'm good. Um, but he was phenomenal, wonderful to work with. Uh, the people were excited to see him. Lucy looks so cute in her little bonnet. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh! Um... But we also had matches like Pero versus Big Demo. And people are going, ah, Big Demo, he's straight. Yeah, he is. But I needed somebody to kick Pero's ass. And sadly, uh, not even Big Demo could get it done. Pero was victorious and then tried to choke him with a chain. And I had to run out and stop it. The tag team championships were on the line. Molly Spartan and Angel Hayes taking on the Lana Austin experience, which of course features Lana Austin and Sky Smithson. Sky Smithson, one of my favorite upcoming talents because... Uh, she is bold, she is badass, and she is not trying to wear makeup and hair extensions and just gets in the ring and beats the shit out of people. It's uh, very fun to watch. They unfortunately did not win the belts. The She-Wolves kept those belts. Uh, but then our main event was uh, one for the ages. We had Shea Monet, who had recently hired the team of Alexis Falcon and Charles Crowley to be their backup against the team of me. Alley catch, of course. And Session Moth Martina. It was a blast and a party. Now, people were saying, Dark Sheik is here. Why don't you have Thrusty with you? And I said, because Dark Sheik wanted to win the Rainbow Rumble. Dark Sheik wanted to get a shot at a championship belt. And I thought that was good. Uh, unfortunately, she was eliminated from the Rainbow Rumble after a very long run in the Rainbow Rumble. But her gear looked phenomenal. The fashion on these LGBTQ wrestlers, I like, I did commentary on the Rumble which we will have the video out soon. People will be able to watch this soon. Um, but they haven't gotten to see the whole show yet. The fashion, the gear, the looks, it was serving, serving, serving. And we all decided we have to book a show that's just entrances and just do gay wrestling runway show. <laughs> and I almost pitched, you have them do the entrances and then hit a finisher on the person who did the last entrance. But we didn't go that far. And it was... Uh, just the entrances, I think, is what we ended up agreeing to. Now, we were victorious. I gave a big speech. We announced we're going to return next year. I'm very excited for all of these things. And then they said, are you coming to the after party? And I said, we got to go to London. My flight is at 7.45 a.m. from London, which is four hours away, and it's after midnight. And they were like, just come by for a second. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It's the after party of the Big Gay Brunch. It's Eurovision. It's Liverpool. We're going to make it. I'm going to be fine. One last hoorah. 
And so we went to a bar called Kitty's, which is owned by Miss Kitty, who is a drag queen. And this building, Peter, is a three-story old building that is painted like a rainbow. And I was like, I'm so glad I came here. Now, they were doing a karaoke party. And I don't know if you know this about Alley Catch. She has one of the greatest voices of our generation. And she sang You and I by Lady Gaga. And the whole room was like, what the fuck <laughs> is she is she doing this and it was like yeah that's my bitch that's what she does she slayed she ate she led us to victory she was a fucking workhorse all week god bless ally catch if anybody thinks they understand ally fully they're completely wrong she is ethereal and all-knowing and powerful and talented and just has kept me together at so many points, I almost told her, I was like, listen, honey, if you want to get a, a quick drug addiction, I'm going to be sober for a while. I'm happy to carry the team for a second because you have carried us this whole goddamn year. Uh, it's incredible to see how many talents she has, but we did have to get back. We drove back overnight. I tried to sleep for a second. There wasn't much sleep going on. Uh, we got back to the London airport and... Our flight was delayed, so I didn't even have to rush back, and luckily, not a lot of airports have these anymore, but me and Dark Sheik did find the smoker area of the airport and smoked a few of those good British cigarettes, which burn so much faster than American cigarettes, because American cigarettes add a lot of, uh, they add a lot of chemicals to keep it burning a little slower. These things, we were smoking Marlboro Reds and just chiefing one down at about 20 breaths. Uh, the airport was beautiful. We had a great time. I almost ate some caviar. I chose against it. We get on the flight. We spend three hours on the runway. Three. That's where I watched the end of Decision to Leave and started the Chris Farley documentary. Thank goodness, though, once we got in the air, I slept. Now, the whole time, we were worried about Dark Sheik's flight. And we were together on every flight we had except for the ones in and out of New Jersey. And I said, what time does it take off? She says, it says 2.30. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're not going to land in time. Like we're landing at two. There's no way you're getting through customs and making it to this flight. And she was like, when is your flight? And I was like, it's like 6.45. Lo and behold, and we had this conversation, like we knew this, this was true to us. We land my 2.30 PM flight. I have missed. And Sheik's flight is at 6.50. I do not understand how this happened. These were booked separately. This wasn't even a thing where they were in the same email and you could have seen the thing. And I specifically remember booking her that flight, but our flight somehow had swapped times. And everyone's out there going like, don't be a conspiracy theorist. But there was something magic that happened. And I missed that flight when I landed and had to rebook another flight. Thank God on Delta, I had some, I had some points and I made it worth my while. But it was very odd, and I don't know how it happened, and I don't know what happened, but it seems like there was some Freaky Friday shit going on, because I could have sworn, if you had asked me, hey, you got all, all the plastic fucking British money in your pants right now, would you bet that, that your flight's at 645? I would have bet that. But then the times were swapped. What the fuck happened, Peter? I've been having this happen lately. The, like the straight swaps. Yeah. Where something gets replaced. It was completely swapped. I don't know what to do about this. Those just happen sometimes. Okay. Well, it worked out fine. We made our flight. And she was like, oh, I don't know. I was worried. It's at this time. And then she was like, wait, hold up. This is very weird. And I was like, this is very fucking weird. And we went through customs. We worked it out. We saw some pigeons. We hung out for a little bit in New Jersey. And then it was time to go home. I flew home. I ended up landing a little bit early. I made it back to the house. I slept. I called my mother on Mother's Day. I went to Trader Joe's. I was doing a lot of things to distract myself on that Sunday because Monday came. And usually on Weekend at Effie's, I say, Monday came and then I stream and that's it. Monday was one of the most, well, I guess the whole weekend really was. This is a, this is going to be one that I'm going to remember forever. February 27th of 2021. I was pulled over for speeding in South Georgia on my way to a wedding. I had just landed from Los Angeles. And I'll tell you this. One time I tweeted, you should give Effie weed. And since that moment, the fans of Effie have been so wonderful, gracious, sharing, giving, kind. They understand that I need a little bit of the edge taken off. And 
because of that, I was almost arrested for trafficking. And they were like, this is a trafficking amount. And I was like, yeah, maybe. But also, uh, that's it's just for me to, you know. They're like, you're not giving this to anyone? And I was like, no. Now, I don't want to get into all the details of the case. But they did give me a little grace. And they did not charge me for everything. They charged me for a very particular amount. I was very honest the whole time. I uh, am not going to say how you should handle your business with cops, but I'll say this. I went to school for public relations. I know how to tow a line. I know where the line is. And I unselfishly will tuck my tail if it selfishly will help me. So please don't, uh, please don't, please don't think this is, you know, my full feelings on how you should act around the cops. But I was extremely honest with them. That helped me out. And I was arrested in a town where the jailhouse is behind the courthouse next to a gas station, and that's the only thing in the whole town, okay? I had to wake up at 3 a.m. to get down in time for the court case. My lawyer was also traveling from Atlanta. She said, I don't want to be rude, but, and I go, I almost said something really bad on here, and this is going to be no chill. (laughs) You'll know what I was about to say. Um, and I cut her off and I kind of went, don't dress like a little gay boy. <laughs> and she was like, I was going to say air on the conservative side, considering where we're going. Um, and I got there and I thought everyone was there for court. Okay. They were not, they were all there for jury duty because this was the setup for trials. And the person who was, uh, picking their jury before me was under suspicion of a very similar charge. And I was looking at the jury that got picked, and I went, yeah, I don't think I would have ended up well if I went with the jury. Like, I just don't think they would have been like, it's fine to let him go. He had all of the." I think that the way the judge explained it to the jury, it would have not gone in my favor. Yeesh. Now, I have to say this, Peter. I pulled into the gas station because I was a little early. I'd rather be early when it comes to getting yeah. sentenced for my crimes than late. And I went to the gas station. Lo and behold, what are they selling next to the fucking courthouse, Peter? Every kind of Delta 8, Delta 10 fucking cannabis bullshit. And I'm going, you know, I could get high as fuck on Delta 8. And they wouldn't have said shit. I could have lied to the cop and said it's all legal Delta 8 stuff. And he would have known what that is. Because even fucking Fort Gaines, Georgia has Delta 8 pens for sale in the gas station slash only restaurant in town. And looking at that as I was about to enter in my full suit to be sentenced for my egregious crime of getting a little stoned uh, was a little disheartening, but all I could do was laugh, Peter. What else can you do but laugh? I went upstairs and we were all sitting and that's when I realized these people aren't under suspicion of a crime. This is the jury choice. And I had to sit through the entirety of the jury selection. I had to sit through uh, the entirety of the judge going over everything. And then they broke for lunch, and they said, well, we'll figure out your plea deal when the probation get- officer gets here, but he ain't coming until after lunch. So not only was I there at 8 a.m. on the dot in South Georgia, I also didn't need to be there until 1 p.m. on the dot when this dude got back from lunch. I'm glad I let him eat lunch, so I think they're in a better mood when they eat lunch. Uh, I was then taken into the judge's chambers because the lunch afternoon jury had arrived, and everything got uh, gone over. And I want to say this, Peter. If I ever commit a murder, they've got me dead to rights. Because even in this case, I was trembling in my boots. The way they frame things, the people in the room, the recording, the this, the way judges ask questions, the way the prosecutor for the DA was there. Yeah. I would immediately give myself up. And it's nice to know that. Like, I don't want to be like cocky and be like, yeah, if I killed a guy, I'd lie about it. And I'd hide the body and I'd get away with it because they're not getting it out of me. No, I would cry and I would um, tell them where the body was and I'd tell them how sorry I was. And I'd ask for forgiveness even though I'm not a Christian. Uh, it's nice to know that. And I hope, you know, it doesn't make people think less of me. But I'm just telling you the truth here. I'm telling you the facts. They would get me. I could be easily swayed by the kayfabe that they've created in this room. Uh, it felt like my life was going to be over. Now, two things about being in the judge's chamber, and I hope he doesn't hear this. One, immediately as we get in and all sit down, he spills the Coca-Cola all over the desk. So they then have to spend 15 minutes cleaning up sticky Coca-Cola, and the whole team is on it. I'm not moving an inch. Second, after the plea was uh, agreed to, I was asked to wait downstairs and then brought back up. And as I was talking to the very polite uh, parole officer, uh, I looked up. 
and there was a plaque honoring a particular officer. And I started cracking up because as I'm speaking to the probation officer and asking questions such as, can I still travel and can I do this and how do I approach this? It was a big plaque that said, in honor of Officer Gay. (laughs) And there's nothing funnier to me than being fucked by the law Pretending you're not a gay icon, she goes. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's going to help you if you bring all that up. We'll say that you're a wrestler that needs to travel, but I wouldn't bring up that you're literally the gay boy. <laughs> like <laughs> I wouldn't. And I look up and I go, you know what? This could be so much worse. This is going to be bad. And as the uh, lawyer leaned over to me and said, I don't think you have to be in here for the full jury selection. While the judge is eyeing on me, I said, you know what? So number one, I want the judge to see I'm here and I'm serious. But number two, I think I got a couple films in me and I'm going to need to take in as much of this as I can. Mm -hmm. I will also say that the officer who arrested me was there because there's only three cops in the whole fucking town. uh, And he did not remember me, which should he? I don't know. But I was a little disappointed that he didn't remember the man that he certainly thought was actually made of drugs, which at that point I may have been. I'm not sure. I can't be sure. I (sighs) accepted my fate. I got in the car and uh, nothing was really hitting me. And I was trying to keep it together. And I was joking about it with some people because you have to talk with people. Mm. And then by the time I got home and I talked with AJ, I just lost it. And I was very sad and I needed a big hug. And it's okay to be a human being because then we went to see what was possibly the worst movie of the entire year, which was possibly written by AI Knights of the Zodiac. And I brought this up on the mini set and I'm glad I'm bringing it up now after being (laughs) lambasted by the government here in Georgia, put on probation for 15 years with a three year option to possibly be released and expunged uh, for good behavior driving home. Then uh, getting into a you know an adult conversation with AJ where he was right about a lot of things. I had sort of been put through the ringer on this day, and I expected it. You know, it's the end of that retrograde. We're finishing things out. It all made sense to me, Peter. And then I got to the movie theater, and this is something that I've always considered a place that is safe for me, that is only joy for me, that is a reset place for me in the dark to take in art, to take in perspective. And as the gentleman at the front scanned my ticket. I was in an Effie shirt. I changed out of my suit. And he said, wearing your own merch, I see. And I went, yeah. And it didn't even phase me for a second. And then the second line he said was, not doing so hot at the table, are we? And I went, nope. (laughs) And I walked away. And I went back out to get a drink. And AJ kind of laughed with me. And I honestly, I needed the laugh. And even though it was sort of, in a negative connotation after everything I'd been through that day and the weekend and the emotional heaviness of everything, it was nice to be knocked a pedal. If you've ever been in my merch line and maybe this hasn't been you that I've told, sometimes I tell people to be rude to me. I go, call me a piece of shit because I am complimented all the time. Mm -hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix brought that up with Ari Aster and the thing, which is I don't need your good feedback. It's meaningless to me. You know, if you give me good feedback, Joaquin said, I need to hear five other things you like so that I can discount it because I'll say your taste is shit anyway. To be knocked down a peg by being recognized in public for who I am and the art that I create and the persona that I am, but also in a way that is, I can't believe you're wearing your own merch, you fucking Mark. I needed it. And the guy came up to me after I went out to get a drink and he said, I was just joking with you. I didn't mean any harm by it. And I said, I'm not going to get into this with you, man. But this has been a day where I honestly needed that for the laugh. I needed you to be a little mean to me for the laugh. Nothing can hurt me at this point. Everything is in jest. Uh, And it brought me back down a peg. I will say this. I haven't worn my suit in a while. Here's how I know. I put my suit on. I wasn't paying attention. And when I got down there, I opened the jacket of the suit as I put it on. And it still had a tag in it that said clergy. And that tag is because I am a uh, certified... Uh, I don't. What's the word? Um, I don't want to say a pastor. What is it? A you're a clergy. clergy I'm a clergyman, so I have this clergy tag. And when I got back to drop off the rental car, because I was not driving the Buick Lucerne, thank God, down to South Georgia, it's just not worth the risk. That's an in-town car, ladies and gentlemen. You don't know about the Buick Lucerne, but Peter does. The big purple bitch. It's maroon, actually. I put that tag on when I dropped off the uh, rental car, and I rolled through the Atlanta airport 
the Atlanta trains and the Marta with my full suit on, my clean shaven face and my clergy tag. And I got a lot of looks and nobody asked me anything further about it, but I needed to be someone else for a second in that moment. And thank God I could be Pastor Flats Denim. Do you know what the Lord has done for me? I was arrested for my crimes. I was leading a gay grooming generation. I was platforming the gayest things I could find. And when I turned to God and I mocked him, he brought me in and he held me close. And no matter how far you stray from his word, from his light, from his beauty, from what he has done, no matter how far you push away the outlandish nature of the stories, it could not be real. These things don't make sense. What are these tales? Who's even telling them? Let me tell you something. If he can take me, if he can take Pastor Flats Denim, and he can turn him into a man of the clergy, and he can turn him away from the, the rituals and the sadness and the drugs and the sex of this earth and bring me back to a, a beautiful position. I mean, look at my wife over here. Look at my wife and my two daughters. They're both named Sandy, Sandy 1 and Sandy 2. He can do anything. That's acting. That's called acting. I don't believe that. I just, it's fun to play the character. And it let me know that, uh, let me know a lot of things. Now, second to this, I don't know if I, I probably brought it up for a second. We were canceled on Dead in Paranormal Park, but the buzz has been picking up because Hamish Steele has completed the third book, which, you know, based on what he said in the pictures I've seen, not only is Asmodeus, continuing his story. But Asmodeus is going to be a big part of the next book. Now, I don't play Asmodeus in the book, right? But Hamish has also made some concessions to the character of Asmodeus to where it is more reflective of Effie. And the visual look of Asmodeus going forward has a lot more Effie in it. And Sunday, it was announced that Dead in Paranormal Park won the GLAAD Award for Best Animation or family cartoon, and to be facing down the suffering and the punishment and having to give up something that I hold so dear to me, something that has held me back and something that has uh, also given me everything I have, which is my own personal agency to do what I want, whether it helps me or fucks me up. I'm giving that up. It was beautiful to see that my contributions to art not that it was me winning the award, but a show that I am on, a show that I believe in, a show that highlights things like uh, the struggle of trans people, the struggle of gay people, um, the struggle of someone who may be neurodivergent trying to understand social situations. To see that put on a platform, even after Netflix told it no, even after we've worked so hard on it, even after it felt like a blip in my radar at that point mentally, just because I've been through so much else. There's so much that happens in a week of Effie and even more that happened in this one. We won that GLAAD award and it really fired me up. And there are highs and there are lows, Peter. And sometimes I dole those highs and lows with a little bit of marijuana. All right. You're a little less high. You're a little less low. Well, you can stone it out and stay in the middle. But I am fully ready to face everything raw as fuck. I'm going forward to take the earth on with my own skin and my own feelings and things will be uncomfortable and things will be wonderful and my exaggerated reactions are not exaggerated. They are the truth that has been grinded down into a, a lighter version that's more palatable for most people. I wish everyone luck in the next few months dealing with me. I wish everyone luck in the wrestling industry uh, trying to keep up with me and uh, I wish everyone true luck if they stand in my fucking way going forward. How's that feel, Peter? It feels great. God bless. Do we have any questions we this week? We do. And I imagine we have a few piled up because, uh, you know, it's uh, a week we took off last week. And I got to say, I missed you dearly the whole time. Oh, I missed you too. I sent you that picture of an octopus beak. Yes. Because uh, we were having a discussion where we were talking about how intelligent octopus and squid are, I guess mostly octopus are. <laughs> And we were saying, how much do you think it would cost for an octopus beak? And it turns out we were all wrong. It is $13 plus shipping on Etsy. So if you want to own a squid or octopus beak, check out Etsy. You can do it. It's a lot cheaper than you expect. Uh, but that's why I sent you that random picture of just an octopus beak in the middle of my trip to England. Okay. This is from Eric. 
Effie Burt and Peter Burt are making their directorial debut with a remake of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Cast the film using only indie wrestlers and yourselves. Holy shit. This is going to be so much fun. Okay. Oh, my mom just texted me. This is going to be interesting. I'm going to pull up the cast because I don't want to miss anybody. Okay. Now, obviously, people are thinking I would cast myself as Frankenfurter. And they're absolutely correct. I am Frankenfurter. Riff Raff? Who would I cast as Riff Raff? This is difficult. This is a very... I may have to take some time to think about this. Okay, so you know how whenever they do um, remakes of movies and everyone complains about how they gender swap everybody? Yeah. So I have a solution to that. Okay. Um, I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep the genders the same, uh, but it's going to be Lucy and Bebop playing uh, the Barry Boswick and Susan Sarandon roles. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm fully into that. Mm-hmm. They are they are good friends. They would be they would at least get this part right where their eyes are just like kind of taking everything in and exactly. Confused. Um, I just want to say though that I would cast Kota Ibushi as Rocky Horror because there's no one else I want to see in gold lame shorts than Kota Ibushi living his uh, living his real fantasy. Um, I would cast Jimmy Lloyd as Eddie, played by Meatloaf. Okay, which I'm fully in. Um, I'm trying to see who we really need to uh, bring did, into this. Did you do riffraff already? I did not do riffraff. I'm thinking about the riffraff option. I almost want it to be like a Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he got cast in the Winter Soldier, That's New World Order, uh, which you know, good good for Seth Rollins. But I guess he's not winning the heavyweight championship tournament because he's going to be gone for a few months. Maybe I, I haven't watched. I don't know. Maybe he already lost it. Um, I also want to, I want to cast, uh, this is going to be, I really might have to think about this some more because there's some, there's some roles in here. Now, a lot of them are just the Transylvanians and that would just be a battle royal of messy mid carters. Uh, but I want to get Joey Janela in here somewhere and I don't know exactly where he would fit. He would be good as Riff Raff. He would probably be a great Riff Raff. Um, I would cast Dark Sheik as Magenta. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think it would work. I think it'd be great. Uh, okay, I also because when I was thinking about this question earlier today, I'm gonna break some of the rules, and I think you take it back in time to where The Rock is about to have an acting career and is actually serious about acting, and you put him as Frankenfurter. Whoa! And then you get to watch the rest of, the, and it's a hit. So then you get to watch the rest of his career from that. So he's not scared little actor boy that doesn't take any risks. Doesn't take any risks and gets mad when his not taking risks doesn't pay off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me tell you, Dwayne, wel- welcome back to Fast, the new Fast movie because you ain't getting no cinematic universe, brother. And they just canceled Young Rock. So you either need to run for president and fire my ass up or you need to sit the fuck down and move out of the way, baby. Yeah. Do you have any others to add to the casting list? I don't at this moment. I'd like to think further on it. I may jump back to this next week and have mm-hmm. a completely different idea. Um, I, I like I like I also in my heart believe that Mance Warner as Frankenfurter would be a whole nother yeah. fucking world. Yeah, 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 It'd be yeah, just yeah. a whole fucking yeah. wild thing. Um, but I like your species swap. I think the species think swap the species is pretty swap. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, this is from Julie. Ready to hear everything about Big Gay Brunch in the UK behind the scenes. Peter, did you get to do anything fun or relaxing during your week off podcast duties? I went to North Carolina. What? I didn't even know yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I went to North Carolina for like two days of assisting at this crazy That's like, awesome. house. Um, got stoned and stared at the stars for two hours. Wow. The stars, are, where were you at in North Carolina? Uh, Tryon. Yeah, you're up there in the mountains, mm-hmm. son. Uh, there was a really funny store that was like 
like a ladies boutique in like the little downtown area yeah. and um very like conservative north carolina town name of the store sissy sissy well i will tell you this there's a lot of homosexuals living around tryon because when me and aj first started dating a guy that he used to do yard work for who was a i think he was 63 or 64 at the time had a mountain house and invited us up there with one of his friends and in tryon that was the first time I had ever gotten a serious gay man's perspective on George Michael. Like I think a lot of times in our in our age, uh, the culture looks at George Michael as like, uh, oh, he got caught sucking dick in the bathroom, and he's gay, and this, and wham, and little shorts. But to have these serious grown older gay men, and we listened to his full live album while we smoked weed in North Carolina, um, and to see how having a gay icon and having someone who despite their flaws was still able to represent them. It was very eye opening to see. And I think, uh, number one, I suggest going to try on. It's probably gayer than you think. And it's very beautiful out there. But number two, find your queer elders and hang out with them because they're just like us. Just cause they have gray hair doesn't mean they don't want to have fun mm-hmm. and go out and go to sissies and look into some shopping and have some cocktails with the boys. But I do remember it was like meeting the parents in a sense because he was very protective of Benny and kept, kept questioning me and telling me I need to, you better take care of that boy. You better <laughs> take care of that boy. Um, okay. This is from Rob. If I wanted to hold a big gay brunch for my friends, what kind of foods am I looking at? Well, I say this, uh, you all always need a coffee and a carb, and obviously most people want mimosas. I'm not a drinker. Um, I will say one of my favorite brunches, and this is a little bougie, is the lobster omelet. I think the creaminess of that lobster meat with a nice seafood hollandaise over a well-prepared set of eggs with some peppers and chives is a perfect brunch item. Uh if you're at one of my shows, a lot of the times we're going to have brunch items that are handheld and easy, but that doesn't mean that your gay brunch can't have dishes that are a little messier and wild. I do think you need a fruit salad because after a while with all that hot front brunch food, you're going to want a little something to cool the tongue down. Uh, a nice fruit ambrosia is always good. And I always say you got to have hash browns. Yes. Hash browns are crucial to the experience. And uh, if I'm giving a toast preference... I like a good rye toast. I like okay. the I like the seediness and the slight like floral funk of a rye compared to the rest of the foods, which are usually pretty luxurious and creamy and overindulgent foods when served with brunch. I and you gotta it. have some pancakes, I think too. Yeah, but not like just regular pancakes. Like I need some like walnut, banana, mm-hmm. maple pancakes or mm-hmm. something. You know. What about you? What's your favorite brunch food? I like a good casserole. Ooh, or yeah. A quiche. Oh, a quiche. A quiche. Quiche is phenomenal, especially when you get that crust right. Mm-hmm. You get the protein of those a little eggs. Hot sauce. A little hot sauce. You do a little spinach in your quiche. I like spinach quiche, but I had a cheese quiche the mm. other day. Yeah. Have you ever had the Publix grab and go quiche? No. It's so good, and I used to heat it up. The cold Publix quiche fucks seriously fucks. Okay, this last one is from Brian. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. What advice do you have for people struggling with their mental health? Have you overcome your own struggles in the past? And how did you know it was time to ask for help? I think I I don't want to say I'm a, a fully informed mental health person, but I will say this. The thing that has always helped me the most, besides being under the care of a doctor or speaking to a professional is just talking to other people. And even if that is in an online capacity and finding a community of people that you can share interests with or discuss things with, um, what you will find when you share and open yourself up is that it's not a burden on other people. Other people are dealing with the same things. Communication is the key to every relationship. And I don't just mean in love, I mean in friendship and in other things. So I hope that people find it, Uh, a little easier to jump through that hoop to start opening up or start communicating because it's nice to find out that you're not alone and the things you're feeling. It's nice to find out that maybe uh, there's other ways people have learned to cope with certain things or maybe, you know, even sharing sometimes for me has been very beneficial in sort of 
being able to dull the severity of something that lives inside your head. When something lives inside your head, it is constantly bouncing off walls that are only going to reflect itself. Mm -hmm. And so being able to throw the ball out to someone else and see how they throw the ball back can sometimes give you a whole new perspective on things. And it may not be something that helps you in a medical or clinical sense if you have, you know, certain mental health disorders that can be affected with uh, medical treatments or, you know, therapists that are actually trained but sometimes just reaching out to other humans is the best way to start on that path and help figure out a, a little bit of a better step or plan to getting yourself opened up and just remember i promise you there is no struggle that you're having that is going to be you know looked at as embarrassing or not taken on with severity or seriousness and if they do then they're probably not your friends or the people you should be talking to and they're probably dealing with something even heavier that they are projecting outward you know a a bit of a shield instead of trying to help each other out and i think knowing i had people i could reach out to knowing i have people i can talk to helped me tremendously through this whole thing i mean i'd be lying to you if i said this hasn't affected my mental health you know, all year. And it's not always a thing or a pending trial or something that happened that is what is affecting your mental health. And sometimes we just need to say out loud today, I feel blah today. I do not feel great. I don't want to go to the party because I just, I'm stuck to this couch and I don't want to move and I think I'll be okay, but I need to tell somebody that, you know, it's not, I'm not ignoring you. I'm not avoiding you. Mm-hmm. I'm not running from you, but I just need a second for me. Um, but also taking the risk to go, you know what? I think, if I hide here, if I just sit in my own brain, I'm only going to continue it being the same, if not having it get worse. So I hope you find someone you can reach out to. I hope you have people where even if you think they're going to judge you, I promise you they're probably not going to judge you and you can open yourself up a little bit. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, I think too, when, uh, because we don't always have people to talk to. I think just developing good coping mechanisms for when stuff does start to get rough is super duper important, which therapy can be really good for that. Um, but weirdly enough, Buddhism is awesome. If you just take everything at like face value instead of like a spiritual aspect to it, just because it is one of the only religions that does directly address the fact that being a human being is really fucking difficult. It is. And that sometimes when we don't have that, perspective which i think studying in buddhism can give you that we're focusing on things that are only going to make this worse instead of opening ourselves up to other perspectives and other ways of looking at things and having a little more of that objectivity of the world is not against you but there are a lot of bad things in the world that you can get caught up in that will not be your friend i also recommend chanting a thousand the Hare krishna chants have assisted me greatly this year. Anyone can say it's placebo and it's just this or that. But there's something rhythmic and beautiful to it. And I tried to figure it out the other day because the traditional Hare Krishna chant, uh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare, Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare. There's something about the way this almost musical measure is split by the three set of that Hare which gives it sort of this rhythmic pulse, which sort of reignites my brain and reopens me up. And it kind of is a surprising rhythm that you find yourself in, which I don't know if the rhythmic is what does it, if the wording is what does it, if just having intention and breathing and focusing on a single thing clarifies your mind. But in moments of panic and worry, I have found myself chanting and found myself much more calmed down by it. So I highly recommend getting into some uh, George Harrison Hari Krishna chanting. You don't have to join the Hari Krishnas, Mm-mm. okay? But you you can always find a smile in them with their tambourines down at the park. And it, it should bring you joy to hear the Hari Krishnas chanting. Uh, if it brings you anger, you got to start chanting because it should not bring you anger to yeah. see Hari Krishna people. Beautiful. That's all we got. That's incredible. Thank you, Peter. I'm so glad this year I've had your friendship, been able to lean on you some. Not that it's over. (laughs) Now that we're discontinuing the friendship, I don't smoke weed anymore. I'm out of here. But it is, it has been very helpful to have someone I can speak to honestly and openly. And, you know, for as much as this is entertaining audio, this is also so therapeutic to me to just come spill my brain, to tell everyone what's on my mind. And it has helped me so much because I don't just have people coming up to me saying, 
Love you, Effie. Great match. I have people coming up to me having real discussions because we've opened the floor to real discussions. We've opened the floor to certain things, and people are coming in with not just uh, their own ideas, but with you know things that have helped me out tremendously that I wouldn't have gotten the information if I hadn't have been willing to share out here and take the time out of the week to go, hey, I'm I'm living a pretty crazy life. I kind of should uh, share this with some people. It's been beneficial in ways beyond just, you know, you joining the Patreon at patreon.com slash weekend at Effies or weekend at Effies.com. And our bonus content this week is the first unhinged get it out of my system talk about movies. And I think it's really, really fun and really, really good. If you haven't signed up for it, it is very cheap. And listen, as dumb as it is, for me to give the merch discount that basically pays for itself. Like if you're going to buy merch, go ahead and sign up for the Patreon. You're going to get a code that literally is going to pay for itself. Uh, I think it's awesome to give back to people who are supporting us at an even higher level than just, uh, than just listening or just buying merch. So really it's benefited them. I saw uh Thidia of the witch Danny today bought some merch and used the code and it was uh, phenomenal that they get a discount on the merchandise. They're going to wear cool stuff, but also that they're supporting the Patreon. So all of you, thank you for supporting the Patreon. If you haven't yet, please do. And thank you for listening to the episodes at all. I usually don't get to this uh, point in a podcast, so it's kind of the mysteries at the end. You know, the, the real fans are still here for the finale.